everybody welcome to episode 208 of our jacob do america podcast i'm your host in the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me is the brown recluse mr art trail art say hello to the millions and millions hey what is going on everybody um thank you for listening to whatever episode this is what is this one 208 208 oh hell yeah um damn only 208 <laughs> okay, that's like almost four years of episodes. I haven't been paying attention to this. Um, anyways, guys, uh, listen to us, but also drink some caveman coffee. Guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got coffee. They got the hibiscus tea. I just put some of that cacao butter in my coffee this morning. I mixed it in with some like, um, it's like decaf coffee, but I also mixed it in with some almond milk. That shit was really good. That that it was borderline illegal how good it was. Like. Anyways, just check it all out. They got the cacao butter. They got the, if you're not into decaf and you want the hard shit, check out their cold brews, the nitro cold brews. They got hats. They got hoodies. They got all kinds of things. Mother's Day's coming up. Maybe you get your mom some fucking coffee or something. Um, and uh, check it all out. Um, go, once you're there and you're ready to check out, type in America at checkout to receive 15% off. That helps them. That helps us. We appreciate it. Take a picture of yourself wearing the hat. Take a picture of yourself drinking out of the mug or whatever. Uh, tag us, tag them. We appreciate it, and they appreciate it. Yes. So with that said, everybody, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys. The great, the powerful, the flavorful El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50-plus years of Flavortown. And when I mean Flavortown, I mean the best hot sauce you will find on any shelf. I guarantee it, just like the men's warehouse. But guys, just in case you cannot find El Yucateco on your local shelves at Foods Co., at your Ralph's, at your Lucky's, at your Albertsons, or your Vallarta, or whatever, whatever it may be. In case you can't find it because El Yucateco is so delicious, it is flying off the shelves. Guys, go to shopelucateco.com, enter promo code DOAMERICA, and Art and myself will give you 10% off your entire purchase. Now, you don't have to just limit yourself to hot sauce, guys. They have a whole collection of t-shirts and jeans. And they even have, like, a foam hand that's, like, doing, like, the, you know, rock-on sign. So, if you want to be cool like Nickelback and have a fucking uh, El Yucateco, uh, you know, foam finger or whatever, uh, just go to shopelucateco.com, enter promo code DOAMERICA, 
buy all the stuff you can buy with whatever stimulus check you have left tag us tag them that way it shows El Yucateco you're supporting not only them but our little dog and pony show as well but guys we have a very special guest this afternoon um, guys put your hands together to a very lifelong friend probably somebody we've known since we were six or seven years old guys put yeah. your hands together for Ross El Sloppy Poppy Calderon. Ross, say hello Thank to you. the millions. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you got my middle name correct. It is You're El welcome. Sloppy It's been a long time coming. Uh, yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah. I love you guys' show. Like, uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird because uh, I always forget that uh, other people listen to it. So <laughs> I always just think it's just like me and him that, that listen to this and uh, to hear other people that listen to it. It's oh, no, the, the show's great. Like we talked like earlier that the butt rock episode, man, like I loved it. Thank you. You guys are great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Indeed. But we're not here to kiss each other's ass, guys. What are we here to do today? Kiss each other's ass? No, I'm just kidding. Um. Uh, we're doing uh, our top 10 horror movies of the last 10 years. So like the like 2010s? Yeah, yeah. So as as I said that to you guys, I had to clarify a little more because I was like, let's just go all the way back to 2010. Because it's like, I guess technically the last 10, 12 years. It's already 20, 2021. 20, yeah, so, yeah. So um, yeah, so it's a, a little bit of wiggle room right there. Just yeah. give yourself some wiggle room on that flying by the fucking uh, seat of our pants here yeah yeah a little bit of wiggle room so when you said when you suggested this to uh to us last week i was kind of i was pretty hype about it i like making lists <clears throat> i you know i don't like you know when i was a, a lonely little junior high uh student or whatever i'd always put together like my top 10 albums of all time my top 10 you know songs of all time top 10 music videos of all time top 10 um uh romantic comedies of all time shout out to geely um, you know, I, I, I love making lists, but like when I sat down this uh, this week, I got to say, like, you know, going back the last 10 years, I really couldn't put together a top 10 list of my favorite horror movies because like I'd get up to like five or six and then I'd be like, well, goddamn, like, you know, and I look at other people's lists or whatever online and I'd be like, I just wasn't really feeling that movie. I feel like I'd just be putting movies on or whatever. So I'll let you guys go through your top 10 and I'll just kind of chime in because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of bleed in because I honestly probably have like maybe a top five or six. So gotcha. Well, I mean, it's funny. It's funny. It's actually super ironic that we have Ross on here when I don't know if you remember this, Ross, but when we were like in fourth grade or whatever, we used to do this thing where we just play a game where we would like quote a movie and see if we can figure out what movie it was. Yeah. And like I was like looking back at it like that that's like a dope game that I would still do to this day as an adult like if I yeah. was on a road trip or something. Uh but then I realized dude we were a fucking nerd. <laughs> like that was <laughs> Oh, I was a dork and a half, man. Yeah, it was like that's pretty nerdy for like four fourth graders to be doing that. But it's yeah. it's like cool now like I don't care now but it's like uh i'm I'm really glad we have you on like you're a huge movie buff and like we've we kind of geeked out on some movies of like horror horror genre movies and i mean i don't know i'll let you get into like the the type of horror that you're into but i was telling you prior to this like 
in the like mid nineties was like the time period. The first time I ever saw the movie, the shining. And it really stuck out to me because it was so different than what was going on. Like uh scream. And like, I know what you did last summer. And all those movies are really popping off around that time period. In the middle of that, I was, I saw the shining and I was like, this is completely different. Like this is a horror movie where cinematography, cinematography mattered. And like it, to this day, I still look for that in like every movie, but I think in horror movies, building the like ambiance of like this is the world building that you're doing in, in this horror movie like it, it looks a certain way it feels a certain way like you can't just randomly put another scene in here with like a different color tone or whatever it may be um really mattered to me like it and like this the overall just vibe of, of a horror movie really mattered and a lot of that goes back to shining like the shining is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time um and like and it was a smart horror movie. And to, to this day, that's what I look for in horror movies. Like that element. And then like that eighties kind of campy element of like, yeah, but it can also be kind of dumb. Like <laughs> Freddy Cougar making a fart joke, kind of like, like that element of like those eighties horror movies. And I love that. I loved it more than slasher movies. I, I enjoyed some of the slasher movies. Like I think that there's good slasher movies that have been made since like, um, the that is it the outsiders yeah the outsiders though the outsiders wait not the outsiders damn i'm trying <laughs> to what's that one movie where like they're like the strangers the strangers yeah the strangers okay. so i really like the strangers i love how simple it is like there's not like this like you got to collect seven diamonds to like stop them <laughs> like some demon thing or whatever or yeah, like yeah, yeah. whatever maybe it's just people acting upon these like terrible instincts of like killing someone. Like it's very like Charles Manson cult. I think it was inspired by a lot of that same. Very cold thing. and realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that to me is like the backbone of horror where it's like, it doesn't need to be like some based on some like ancient scripture with like some Shao Kahn looking demon is like, <laughs> like to me that that's like, come on, man. Like that's, Ooh. it's so like, down the down the line of like things that i'll not be afraid of but at the same time a movie like the strangers where it's like that shit could happen to anyone it's about anytime, a home invasion yeah anytime that could happen like that that is i just remembered a movie right now that i need to put on my list because i didn't put it on my list and it just remind i just say it right now i won't put it on my list because i've already this made an honorable mention this will be an honorable mention um but god damn it i'm sure you'll know what but i just remember i just blanked out on the name but it's about a, a deaf girl who like uh hush hush yes hush to me is like genius it's like it's everything i loved about about that same genre similar to the strangers where it's just like it sets up the world building of a deaf girl and it puts you in that scenario where sound is going to matter in this movie and like most movies yeah sound matters soundtracks are great but i don't remember the soundtrack at all to this i don't think there is a soundtrack it's just literally like every sound because there is no soundtrack matters her phone ringing the shit she has in the kitchen cooking matters like whatever is like burning in the oven matters because you hear it there's no soundtrack everything is from the perspective of being a fly on the wall of a deaf girl and it's well done i didn't put it on my list though well it's interesting that you said all that because uh you had asked like um what what draws you towards a horror movie what makes it good and for me like i've watched horror movies since i was a kid like, I remember my parents thought that I was weird because I'm like, put on New Nightmare. I'm like seven years old and I have a teddy bear jumping on the bed watching New Nightmare. <laughs> but uh, I got really into horror movies because for me, it's like 
you have this feeling like if you're at a campground or you're with your cousins or and your uncle or something is telling a, a scary story at the fire. A good horror movie is like that. The director is telling you a story at the fire in my mind. So you're watching it and depending on the storyteller is depending how much I'm going to like the movie. Like, yeah, I don't care if it's about demons or a slasher, as long as it's told well and the intent of the way that they're telling the story is, is, is put in front. Cause for me, uh, my favorite horror movie of all time is evil dead. That's and it's one. such a cheesy campy movie. Like if you watch it today, it's like, if you don't love horror movie, you won't like it. But, uh, if you love horror movies, You'll see it as an like absolute epic classic, and I love that movie so much. And Sam Raimi went on to be an acclaimed director, uh, directing the, the Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I think next he's doing uh, Doctor Strange too. Yeah, but it shows you like these these storytellers like they can make a horror movie, and then they could go on and make a big budget action movie. It's like they're just great storytellers. Yeah, yeah. And that's all it is. Like at at its core, like you mentioned, like that's a perfect analogy. You know, like telling stories around a campfire like that's the whole premise of like humanity like that's how history was told was around you know telling stories around a campfire you know the motherfuckers they didn't have books and ipads and shit like back in the day they would just like you know after dinner you know around the bonfire or whatever they would tell a story they would tell the history of how we came to be they would tell some scary shit you know just to you know keep the kids in line or whatnot and depending on how well the person told the story was how well you know people were gonna live their life you know so i mean that is a perfect analogy in a way with that you said with the whole uh, bonfire thing i think bringing up the, the campy elements of like that horror movies it's like sweet and sour sauce like it's like it is a perfect marriage between comedy and the campy elements to like those horror elements and it they for some reason work really well together like you you can't even do like romance and I guess you can do romance and like campy movies, but that's like a whole genre of like, that's, those are just Adam Sandler movies at that point. <laughs> like, yeah. like, but like there is that marriage and you're right. Like, like army of darkness and like movies like that, that just kind of knew their element. They knew like their this, lane. Yeah. You knew your, your lane. You, you knew Freddy Cougar was not supposed to be, well, I didn't think it was supposed to be like super ultra scary. Like the dude's yeah. making puns every five seconds. And like, there is that element of like people that grew up with that eighties, eighties like nostalgia. And we talked about it a little bit earlier today, where we were like, those kids grew up to be adults, and now they're directing movies now, and they're incorporating those elements of like that camp, which I really enjoy. Like, I like that there that element is in in these new movies now, um, and they're not relying on the jump scare like the big hollywood horror thing is always just like you know as much as who's that um the guy that did the insidious movie can't remember he, he directed insidious justin oh no what's his name oh man i'm drawing a blank on i want to say but... it's something woo but i can't remember if that's correct John. Uh, i forget his name he's australian though i know who you're talking about he did saw and uh the conjuring yeah, so oh, yeah, I yeah. actually think he's a pretty good horror director, but he also kind of fucked it up because everyone James Wan, James Wan, uh, James, James Wan. yeah, James Wan, he made those movies, and I think he's such a good horror director that everyone else tried to like bite that style. It's kind of like Corn came out, but now like everyone's doing their version of Corn. Like here's Disturb, like yeah, also Dima's like here. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Demon Disturber here, like, and they're doing like the Nun and like what's the the 
fuck, what's that one movie? Annabelle. That, Annabelle and like all these other movies that are just not Annabelle. directed I by him. They got, yeah, they're doing a whole universe and like it, and they've done that to him before with the Saw franchise. He made the first one. Yeah, and killed it. Uh, yeah, and they turned it into a franchise like that. But he submits to uh, Hollywood, and he is a great director, but he bends over for Hollywood a lot. He does. But, I mean, that's where he's at now. Like, that's why he produced the new Mortal Kombat, and he directed Aquaman, and he's directing Aquaman too. Like, you got to give him props. He did a good job. He, he you know what? Two There's... franchises, yeah. I respect him. He's putting a paycheck. You know, he's, his bank account, I'm sure, is great now. And, like, you know, he didn't compromise his art that much, especially in those early movies like Saw 1. I think he also did Saw 2. And then they kind of ripped it out, out of his, like, from him and said, like, all right, we're going to turn it into, like, the new Chucky where we're going to put a new one out every, like, weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he did a good job and he understands the horror genre. The problem with it is, like, movies like, La Llorona and like all those movies that are just kind of copying and trying to bit it, put themselves in that world. Those directors don't understand the horror genre and rely on like, like jump scares rely on like, let's just make it an ancient evil that we don't understand. And that like, we'll just fucking make up the ending of the last minute kind of thing. Well, it's kind of like you brought up mortal Kombat, where it's just like, there's too much like auxiliary story that takes away from the Like you brought up, you know, La Llorona. Or it was just like, wow, why do we have to have all this other backstory about something that has nothing to do with like the fable of La Llorona? Like, and, and it just creates like a really like disinteresting movie because you're just like, eh, I don't really give a fuck if these kids. I, I always die. think like if you don't if you don't know how to tell the story, just don't tell it. Like, what if you just told the story of like random character X, like white dude or whatever? Or just say Jacob, not a white dude, but like Half for the most dude. part. Or half white, but not like a dude that's like into the occult. But all of a sudden goes camping with his family, and all of a sudden he starts hearing La Llorona and like has nothing to do with it. But now you're in this fucking world because you went camping. This doesn't mean he read some spell at midnight or any of this bullshit. Exactly. And, and now he has to gather seven diamonds or something like to stop it. Or yeah, anything. that La Llorona movie was like just watered down because like you know us all growing up as Latinos, we've been told the stories many different times. And they were more terrifying to us than this movie was trying to portray it to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they actually did a better movie of La Llorona. It's on Shudder. And I, I think it's just called La Llorona. But uh, I, I'd say give it a watch. Okay. All but, right. But uh, yeah, it was just so Hollywood. And they were trying to make it part of like the Conjuring universe. And I'm like, why yeah. are you making a Conjuring universe? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, well, I think even the new one doesn't look good. I think it's. Be oh, yeah. I saw the preview for that uh, when we went to watch Don Holy. I think it's because of the the stories that are told by Ed and Lorraine Lauren, which we'll probably get an episode down the line, maybe in October or whatever. But they very much just like The Conjuring, like they had like a couple of like exorcisms that he did. It was fucking super wild, like the real stories that actually happened. And then like they had to like live the gimmick. So then like they had to keep reinventing the wheel. So they have like all these stories. They start selling all these books about these stories or whatever. And it's just, that's that to me like that's when i when i think of the conjuring universe i just think of like oh, okay you guys are just adapting all these like quasi false stories that were put out there by Ed and yeah Ray it's Warren. like they're they're frauds and they're milking it and that's what hollywood does they, they're milking uh yeah uh, a, a movie that was great and they're yeah, milking I, it i think that they fucking i mean that all goes back to that the insidious or whatever <laughs> like very early on where that he knew what he was doing he was a good horror director and now you're taking shitty horror directors and just fucking 
carry this franchise or whatever. And it's just, yeah, I think just... I want to say the guy who made the first Annabelle movie was the director of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Wow. Oh, that explains. Yeah. A lot. So, <laughs> but I will give an exception that Annabelle Creation, the second movie, had a great director. He directed Lights Out and he directed Shazam. He did a oh, good movie like with that. that. That's and the I, only one out of the Conjuring universe that I like. And for to give those movies credit, like they're good movies to like go see with like your significant other and buy a tub of popcorn and then like come home and laugh about it. Like, I mean, there is some redeeming value to it. I don't want to be the, the fucking critic with my thumb up my ass kind of thing and whatever. But like there, I mean, there's going to be movies out there like that, like where it's just like you just want to have a good like go out, have a good mindless time and then come. I mean, back. that's what Mortal Kombat was to me. Like yeah. to me, Mortal Kombat wasn't like amazing like it wasn't like oh man i can't wait for the next one like when the next one comes out i may or may not see it if the trailer looks badass kind of thing like it's it's not like i'm that stoked about it but it does feel like just watching something to watch something kind of thing just to get out and have some popcorn and whatever like to me um god damn it we were just talking about like in the early 2000s uh me and ross were talking about this the other day but um like how everybody was just copying those like japanese horror movies yeah, yeah, and they're like, doing remake after remake yeah. because and, the ring was so successful, and then the grudge did well, but then they're like remaking like one missed call, calls, uh, the eye, and they're yeah. just all just like, and it's kind of like what you guys were talking about on the butt rock episode. Like at that time, the early two thousands is awful, like Daredevil, and yeah. they're putting all these rock songs in these horror movies. Like I, I'll never forget, I watched a horror movie. I think it was called White Noise with. Uh, Oh, uh, Batman. Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at the end, they start playing, like, a big song that, like, that came out at that time, and I'm like... I stand alone. <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like that. Scorpion, yeah. King, Scorpion King, to me, embodies yeah. that time period where it's like, here's a Godsmack song, here's, like, shitty CGI, and The Rock is yeah. here. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah, I throw, this, throw this generic early 2000 song so we could date your movie. So that way, when I see it 20 years from now, I'm like, oh, yeah, this came out in 2003 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there's I mean, now I, I although I agree, like you could still go watch fear.com in the theater and just be like, well, I just wasted like $30 on popcorn and a movie ticket or whatever. Like <laughs> and like, but it was whatever. I didn't at least well, I you didn't can make your money sport like Jacob and pop a little hole in the popcorn. <laughs> there you I go, know baby. he's done that a few times. Yeah, that's the signature <laughs> move. Yeah. Maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> same movie during the same movie yeah. during, yeah. during fear.com <laughs> by the way fear.com's website was called fear.com.com so very clever <laughs> um but um Great marketing, but, yeah. but uh yeah i mean there were like things like that like just happened where like that becomes a popular thing to do and now we're in like let's just make the conjuring type movies like that's the popular thing we're like the they should do a haunted guitar. I just looked at your guitars right now, so that's why I was like, dude, they need to do a movie about a haunted guitar. And it would be like or like around like Day of the Dead or whatever. So it's got like that cocoa yeah. element to it. Oh, it's it's a haunted guitar, and if you play if you play these one chords, the the demon will follow you. But you have to you play, have to play yeah, it. If you, play, if you play a demon, it'll 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 haunt you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's some bullshit. Like that's where we're at with horror movies right now, where it's just like, and that's why I really couldn't come up with a top ten because I think I got five or six movies deep. And I was just adding movies in there to add them. So um, if you guys want, do you guys want to go ahead and jump into like your um, your uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, I got I got some honorable mentions here. Um, the My first honorable mention is it's just uh, it's I, I didn't put it on the list because I didn't think it was scary enough to call it a horror movie. 
but it fits in that campy world. It, there is violence. There's an element of horror. And that's the movie rubber about a killer tire. Uh, it's, it's oh, I remember it. watching that with you. That one yeah. was insane. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's that movie. Graphic too. Like yeah. that came out in uh, 2010. It came out in the 2010s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I didn't put it on here. Cause I was like, I don't know if that actually falls into horror genre. It could be more like parody. I, yeah. I don't know what it would be in, but I didn't put that one on there. Uh, House of the Devil is another like it's a Ty West movie. I didn't put it on here because it came out in 2009. I was like, that's too early. Uh, I'd be I'd be pushing the boundaries on that one. Um, also, BHS one and two. I just I didn't put it on here because I do think that there's great moments in BHS one and two, but there's also some duds in there. So I was like, eh, I don't yeah. want to like just. I remember we all watched VH1. Uh, I said VH1. VH1. VHS one. Yeah, yeah. We all watched VH1. Uh, oh, watch pop up videos. <laughs> we got some Bartles and James wine coolers. <laughs> we watched pop up video. Yeah, no, but we all watched VHS one uh, at Jacob's house. I remember that. That is right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, it was great. The old apartment. Yeah, and the, and the last one on my list is Green Room. I, I didn't put it on here because I didn't think it was a one hundred percent horror movie. But I love Green Room. It is. I would. I would say it's a horror movie. And then also Hush. We talked about Hush a little bit. Uh, both kind of in that same genre where it's like, I guess Hush is a horror movie because it's more a home suspense. invasion. Yeah. Yeah. And Green Room is more suspense. Like uh, I also would have put Seven on my list because I don't view it as a horror movie. It's more of a like psychological thriller or something. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Russ? I have. Uh, I just have one honorable. Or no, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, one is Sinister. And uh, I like that movie a lot, but it just, I have so many bangers in my top 10 that I couldn't put it in. But uh, because, like I said, like it was harder now, like 2010 through 2020 have great horror movies. But uh, another honorable mention is uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which was a comedy. That's why I didn't put it in. But it's a documentary about vampires, and it was so good, so funny. I remember this. Same guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. But I, I didn't put it in there because I don't count it technically as a as a horror. It's more of a comedy. But uh, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, there, there's some on my list that kind of blur the line a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I was like, no, they're, they're horror enough for me to put it on here. So rubber was rubber was almost on the list where I was like, I love this movie so much. But it was like, that's not a horror movie. Yeah. It's not something I would. It, it wouldn't be a go to one for me during Halloween or something like that. Yeah. But anyways, you want to start? You want to kick it off? You're the guest. You, you want to hear this with your number 10? Yeah, I'll kick it off. Uh, my number 10 is uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Okay. I've never and, seen uh, that movie. I watched this Really? One. <laughs> yeah, the first time I ever seen it, uh, it was at my old house, and we had a, a, a den that we turned into a theater. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the first movie that we saw in the theater. It was me and my roommate. And it was just on Netflix, and I put it on. And it is like it's creepy. It has a creepy vibe. It's about these, uh, it's a father and son. They're, uh, morticians and they own their own, you know, mortuary. Uh, they bring a dead body to them of this young woman. They said she has no marking on her. We don't know how she died. Can you figure it out? And while they're trying to figure it out, uh, crazy things starts happening in their mortuary and it grows intense. It's a slow burner, but, uh, by the end, I, I, it really stood out to me. Like I loved it a lot. I do like the premise of that movie. And then like, I mean, there's some like witchcraft elements in there. Like, you know, yeah. to spoil the movie too much for anybody that hasn't seen it. Yeah. Uh, but I probably don't like it as much because I was watching it at my girlfriend's mom's house. And 
there was like seven motherfuckers there and they were all like talking over each other while I was like trying to watch it. So it's probably why I didn't, it didn't end up on my list and I didn't have a uh, fair bold, <laughs> uh, look back at it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it does have a really good premise. I've never, I mean, I can't think of another movie that's like that, you know, where it revolves. And also like, like it's just low budget. Yeah. So it's the same guy who directed troll hunters and most recently scary stories to tell in the dark. Which oh, was a right. good movie, which was yeah, a really good yeah. So he's a great director. I, I believe he's like, I, I believe he's like Russian or something like that. But uh, Andre Riddle, and it's so simple. And it's like it's one of those movies that we don't have to show you something to scare you, yeah. but we'll creep you out. Like it's like I hear something in the other room kind of movie. Yeah, I love yeah, it a yeah. lot. I like you. Kind of just sold me on it, so I'm gonna go ahead and check. It. Okay. I think it's still on Netflix too. Yeah. I believe it's still on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. All right, my my number ten. This is another one. Was I just I liked it. It was really campy. It was really over the top. Uh, have you seen Ready or Not? Yes, I did. Yeah, I loved. I loved it. I was like, this is like fucking. Like to me, this is like a date night popcorn. Like hell yeah, like movie. And Ready or Not fucking killed it. In my opinion, it fucking killed it. It was funny when it needed to be funny. It was dark when it needed to be funny or dark whatever. It was. It had so many like roller coaster of of emotions so like there's moments that are like ultra violent that like you know you have to turn away kind of thing because it's like oh shit someone's head just blew up kind of thing but i yeah. loved it like i loved so many elements and there's it even incorporates some kind of like witchcraft element at the very end and it's just like wow that's really well done like here's a curveball at the very end but it didn't feel forced um i liked it i thought all the actors were good in it i thought nothing nothing about it just felt like forced although i was surprised that this seems like the kind of idea i think it might be parodying some other like old movie that i don't know about because it oh. does seem like they're like it doesn't seem like it would be a 100 original concept remember when we did zodiac and he talked about the the most dangerous game or whatever yeah. it kind of had a little bit of that vibe to it so i'm sure it's based a little bit on that book the most dangerous game but this is just, it, I thought it was so well done. Like, it fucking killed it. It made my night the night that I watched it. I was like, this is fucking good. No, I remember seeing it. I liked it a lot. Actually, the main actress in the movie, uh, she's the niece of the guy who plays uh, Agent Smith in The Matrix. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was like Robbie Margo when I first watched it, but I'm bad with that. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's a very beautiful girl, but yeah, her last name is also like his. Like, it's like Mr. Weaver Smith. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, Hugo Weaver. Yeah. Hugo Weaver, yeah. The guy from uh, uh, Lord Weaver of the Rings. Vendetta. Yeah, yeah, that too. That's his niece. Yeah, but she's a great actress. Uh, I first seen her on an episode of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead because she has a scream, and I don't know if you like in the movie she screams. She has a very intense scream. Yeah, and I think that's why they use her. Yeah, yeah. She's I mean, she she killed that character. Like that character was like yeah. really well done. Mm -hmm. So, all right, Ross, okay. you want to hit us with your number nine? Yes. Uh, so this one, I, I mean. Uh, I'm surprised I have it so low on my list, but it was great. Uh, Get Out, 2017. Oh, okay. That's my. That was my number one, and oh. I I really stand by it just because it's. You never seen a movie like that, and like you were mentioning with the whole fireplace or whatever, like it had me from the beginning to the end. And I, looking at my other movies that I have on my list or whatever, no other movie horror genre wise was able to do that so for me that's my number one but i'll let you go on yeah so uh like for starters like when i heard that jordan hill because i grew up watching him on matt tv and then of course yeah. they had their show jm hill or k and hill and uh 
yeah, I'm like, man, you know, not only are these guys funny, but they're very intelligent. And he went on and he wrote this movie and he directed. Yep. And then he went on and, and directed us also. But yeah. And I believe he's producing the new Candyman movie, so I'm he, really he's directing it as well. He wrote and directed. Oh, it is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But man, Get Out, like just the premise alone, like uh, you don't really know what's going on, but you're very fishy. And I love that it's slowly like he, he's not like throwing it in your face, giving you exposition. It just shows you what happens, and I yeah. love that movie. And you feel the intensity and the anxiety of the main character. Yep. And. Uh, and yeah, it forces yeah, you to go back and watch it again, too, like with what you're saying, because with your first like go through around, you're like, I don't know what's going on. But like I then once you get to the end, obviously, you figure, you know, everything comes to light. But it's kind of like like Fight Club, like where you have to go back and see it through a new set of eyes to get it. So it's like almost watching two movies in one. And that's one yeah. part that, that I love about it. Yeah. After that, I love it, like especially like not, not to give anything away, but there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where the cop pulls him over and the girlfriend gets out to defend him afterwards you realize why she did it yeah yeah and uh that's what made it more intense and i'm like it it it, it really it, it, it like speaks to people like you know how people are used you know just because of the color of their skin and correct there yeah and, so i have that one on my list as well i have it as my number four movie i'll get i mean i'll get into it a little oh, spoiler more. alert <laughs> uh, but um i'll let you continue because i want to talk about it a little bit more when it yeah yeah no well you could go into your number nine so okay yeah. i i do want to bring it up again obviously because it's on my list yeah when we get there yeah uh my number nine is uh another one like i i love the you kind of nailed it jacob like i think movies should still be enjoyable like, you still have to go to the movies and like eat popcorn i don't want it to feel like a science project when i'm watching any movie <laughs> yeah um so this is a scary stories to tell in the dark and i, I told you Beautiful. ross like i really love the movie like i was like I was telling Ross about this where um, that scene where that like Bob woman is like yep. headed towards towards that. I remember telling telling Ross, I was like, dude, like I was like on the brink of having like an anxiety attack during that yeah. scene where I was just like, holy shit. Like, like I got to go to the bathroom. Like I got to go get some fresh air right now because like this is getting too like much for me right now. And like I kind of just stuck with it because like my girlfriend was there and she was scared during that scene. And I was like. Well, it's not that I'm scared. It's just that, like, my fucking heart is racing. I'm afraid it might explode. She's, like, trying to hang on to you because she's scared and you get up and walk out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, no. And it's just like, and it's, and it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, a insanely scary movie. Like, it's PG-13, right? I think you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, it, it was targeted towards a younger audience. Like, to me, it reminded me of, like, like I told you yesterday, it reminded me of, like, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Where Nickelodeon, like, pushed the boundaries, like, the show came on at 930 because it was so intense for kids. And then Goosebumps kind of came out, but it didn't do what Are You Afraid of the Dark did. No, Are and You Afraid of the Dark was perfect. Stories to Tell in the Dark did it. And yeah, Goosebumps was it was intense, like good. the Scarecrow scene and everything. And uh, that was actually the last movie I seen in the theater before uh, COVID. Oh, wow. Um, and it stood out to me. Like, I remember watching it in the theater and I loved it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it was to me the like that cinema experience like you go to the movie theater you get your popcorn you're watching a scary movie well told well directed i, I bring up cinematography because it's one of those things that i go back to with the shining where it's like that guy's a fucking genius like every shot mattered and like yeah. shots in this movie really matter like those like foggy shots of the cornfields the spider coming out of the girl's cheek or whatever yeah. like like every shot really mattered like there wasn't a half-ass shot that was just kind of like 
Oh, we're just doing that because we're going to build up a uh, jump scare right now. We're like, someone's going to sneak up on him and be like, hey, what's wrong? And then like the music is going to go intense. Like, even and I little... love, like, when I think about the movie, it didn't have jump scares. No, it not built really. to something. Yeah. Because each, it was like a vignette, like each, so not, not like a vignette, but like each segment of the movie told one story. Mm-hmm. But they built up, it wasn't going to give you jump scare after jump scare. It built up the intensity of the scene. And by the time you get to the horror parts, it, it really it paid off and I loved it. Yeah. And it did the the source material justice too, because that was one of those movies where I was just like, because I remember reading those books like when I was a kid. Yeah, you go to the book fair in elementary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your mom gives you the five bucks you're supposed to buy for lunch. Remember or... when we see those troll magazines? Oh, uh, I, I remember it... all kinds of those. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> and you have to take it to your parents so they can spend like $50 on a book you're probably only going to read like once. once and then... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, but I remember like reading those and like thinking like, wow, these this these are awesome stories. But I think we have a couple of my old ones in the baby's room right now. I'm gonna wait a couple years before I read them to him. But like that's always like my fear, like, oh man, you guys are gonna fuck up my childhood, you know. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, but like it's like it really did those books justice because it's like the same feelings that I remember feeling as a child reading those books or looking at the pictures or whatever, right? Like it, it, it came across in this movie and it was like oh wow like i went in it with a super low expectations it came out of it with like oh wow like this is like one of my fa- like i'm gonna buy this on fucking 4k blu-ray like yeah i did out. buy it on like on blu-ray because i was like yeah and i think that's what it comes down to is, is the directing because it made by anybody else it would have just been like i could watch this like on tv or something but uh yeah, it is worth buying because like what well, art hit it on the nose like the director was wanted you to pay attention to the cinematography. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably why the scene terrified you because the setting was very intense the way that it led up into that. So I could get why you were like, oh, I got to get out of here. Like, it's such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had to put it on my list. Like, it kind of reminded me of uh, Trick or Treat. Like, Trick or Treat kind of had that I same that same vibe. I, I would actually say it's better than Trick or Treat, which I love Trick or Treat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, like, knock on Trick or Treat or whatever. But I did like it more just because this one just felt like it was I think this is going to age better because it's uh, more of a period piece of like the 1950s or whatever time period that they're set in. Yeah. And which I always like when they're like not in that same time, because that way, if it ages, it's like, well, fuck it. We weren't in that time period. Anyways. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I just really liked it. I mean, that's that's enough about number nine. <laughs> Trick or Treat barely missed the cut because it came out October of 2009. And I was like, oh, oh shit, that definitely oh, would have yeah. been on my list. It's a great movie, though. It is. Uh, so I'll get into my number eight. Uh, so you put this on your honorable mentions, but I put Green Room as my number my number eight. Nice. I love great. I love it. I do see it as a horror movie. And uh, because it, it's very intense. And I do like the story of like this uh, this neo-Nazi run bar. And these punk kids come in and, you know, punk is like anti-establishment. And so they're pretty much making fun of these people for being Nazis, but not knowing the repercussions of it. Yeah. That by the time they get stuck in the green room, the, the backstage, if they get out, they're going to get killed. It, it it And then they're talking to them so nice behind the door, like, just come out, you know, and we'll talk about it. But you're like, I don't trust it. And uh, that's why that movie was so intense for me. Like, I loved it. You were... And, and it, it also starred the, the late Anton Yelchin. And uh, I wanted to do a shout out to him because it's unfortunate of his passing. But uh, I love this movie a lot. Definitely. Um, do you remember the movie uh, Training Day? I'm sure you guys yeah. have all seen Training Day. Yeah. But Training Day has like one Training of the most... Training Day. 
it, it has one of them. Cut. It has a, a really horrifying scene in it where like uh, the main character is about to get like butt raped, and yeah. all the guys are telling him like, "Have you ever had your stuff pushed in?" Like the solos and everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, I had my shit pushed all the way in. Like, and it's like, it builds up to this very terrifying moment where it's like four guys on one dude and they have a shotgun to his head and it looks like they're about to yeah. like butt rape this guy. I feel like Green Room is that for an entire movie. And it's just like, and it never lets up that suspense of like, holy shit, something really bad is about to happen. And like, not only are we like outnumbered and like, like it, they have weapons or we're injured. Like, it's just like, it it never lets up and it's just so well done. Like one of my favorite movies. I struggled with it not being on my list because I was like, oh, is it a horror movie? Uh but you're yeah. right. Like, fuck it. It's a great movie. It's a it horror movie scary. because like when I see it, like like what you said, like it, it's like intense and but it's it's relentless because you know you have to see it all play out. Yeah. So early on in the movie, you're like, they're stuck. What are they gonna do? How how are they gonna get out? But you know no matter what you have to see how it plays out because you can't re- like, you can't just turn off the movie and be like, I can't take this. You want to see them get out, but you have to endure what they're going through while they're trying to get out. And I think that's why the movie was so good. And so anxiety inducing. And it was so good. Uh, the acting was good. It's the first movie that I've seen Patrick Stewart, freaking uh, Captain Picard saying the F word. Yeah. You know, that actually, kind of thing. Like I actually didn't even know it was him till till I looked it up. I was like, who was that yeah. guy? Why does he look he so, so good in it? And yeah. like his voice doesn't scream I'm a neo Nazi, but he played <laughs> it off so good. He was such a good actor in that movie. He's so underrated. And uh I love that movie a lot. Yeah. So that's my number eight. Great movie. Um uh, yeah. let me see. What's my number eight? I don't even remember. Uh my number eight is the movie You're Next. Um we had talked about this. Um I mean, it's it fits into that campy like horror movie element. I yeah. as much as I shit on some of the '90s slasher movies that were coming out during that time period, I still enjoyed slasher movies. Like, I think there is a cool element of slasher movies, and it has that element of of like these people are just straight up hunting an entire family. Um, it's super gory, super violent. Um, it's I went to go see it in theaters with my buddy Gustavo and like we were in there with like like three other people and I remember like when we were walking out of the theater um uh Nikki you remember friend of the show Nikki she worked at Target she was oh, yeah. in there and she, and we were like oh what'd you think and she was like eh, I don't I don't know I didn't like it it wasn't that scary and I was like yeah but it was fucking good like the entire yeah. time it was good like it was fun it was a fun watch like yeah, I remember when that movie came out, I watched it and I told one of my best friends, I'm like, dude, you got to you got to watch it. And then he watched it with his girlfriend and he's like, she was like, this movie's stupid. And he goes, yeah, it's stupid. I'm like, but it, it, it all depends on where you're watching and, and how your mind is set, because the movie wasn't meant to be a slasher movie. It was kind of like turning a slasher genre on its head and be like, yeah. hey, now we got this strong person in this movie that fights back you never seen that in a slasher movie and that's why i like the movie like it was so yeah. fun what if michael yeah. myers has to fight the terminator and it's like yeah, well it was like somebody said it was like die hard it was like uh <laughs> yeah. Willis, the character from die hard in a horror movie yeah and that's why i really enjoyed it yeah yeah i i, I liked it i liked the whole concept of it it is a slap i guess it's like yeah i mean that's a great like thing it's like what if uh what if 
what if John McClane was was in a, a scream movie or something like that? Yeah, he'd probably yeah, yeah. Kick your asses. He would, yeah, he would kick ass, and that's why I like that movie a lot. Yeah, you know what's yeah. funny is um one thing too about like a good horror movie, like like Jaws, for example. Like it can take something so mundane, like you know, swimming. You know, you could be swimming in a doughboy swimming pool, and as a child, like I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want there to be a shark at the bottom. There would never be a shark at the bottom of a doughboy swimming pool. But you know, it ingrains like that fear into you about something very mundane. Then you look at a movie like this, like you're next. There's a scene where I believe like the mom or somebody is like, you know, sweeping up something off of the floor. Yeah. And like I've done this like a million times where it's just like you're struggling to get it into that dustpan. I believe that's how she gets like got, you know, is like, you know, she her mind's on something else, like trying to get all the, you know, the the the, the dust into the dustpan or whatever, and then boom gets got every time i sweep now and i have to like bend over to get like those last like few like spectacles of fucking like uh you know dirt or dog hair into the dustpan like i'm like looking out my window like making sure nobody's like has like a bow and arrow like pointed at me and shit one thing that movie does and it does it a lot it's they play on the on the whole like it's dark outside and you can't really see when when you have light inside they do that a lot in that movie. That's one of them. Like, there's so many times where like people will be looking out a window and it's just complete darkness, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like the fear is right in front of them. It is a little jump scary. I know I shit on jump scares. I do think jump scares are kind of like, come on, they have their place though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just, I mean, they have their place. Like, it's it's kind of like in hardcore music. Like, yeah, some breakdowns are cool, but you don't need it in every fucking song. You don't need it every band and every song like yeah guitar souls are cool but nickelback has guitar souls in them and it's just like you don't need them every time and that's what i mean like they just get so like fucking like oh my god like like and i but i think this movie does it well like it doesn't rely on that a lot of the crazy violent parts they don't even pan away like they're showing you the part where she's putting the blender on the dude's head and it's like here's a straight shot at that like there is no jump scare here yeah i don't know i like it uh, so I'm going to get into my number seven, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Oh, dang. That's like yeah. my number four, I would say. I'll just flip flop my six and seven because my uh, number six was Cabin in the Woods. So we might as well just talk about it together on this one. Okay, we'll talk about it together then. Um, but uh, yeah, I like that. It it was like when the trailer came out, it didn't give anything away. So I thought it was just going to be a generic horror movie starring the guy from Thor. And then yeah. you watch it and then he dies early. And then you're like, what the heck is going on in this movie? And then it was like a comedy. Yes. And it was almost like a parody of horror movies in itself. And uh, by the time we got to the climax of the movie, which we know what I'm talking about, it was like I was just clapping in the theater. Like, it was so fun. And uh, I had to watch it over and over again. Like, it was so good. Just one of those movies that I bought right away. Yeah, yeah. I bought that movie right away, like when it came out. My girlfriend, who hates horror movies, like actually enjoyed that movie, which tells you a lot of, of like, the horror genre. Like this is enjoyable for like <laughs> groups of all ages because it's like it is really violent, but at the same time, like it's so enjoyable. Like there's so many like the 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 scene where they're stopping to get gas and they're yeah. like, "How long have you been up here?" And he's like, "I've been up here since the war." And it's like, "Which war?" He's like, "You know which war." Like that to me is like it's not it's not necessarily a funny line but in the context of like you're watching this movie and it happens very early on to where you don't even know what's happening like the trailer fed you like this is gonna be a uh fucking 
Evil Dead, kind not even Evil yes. Dead, but like it, it kind of. That's what you, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What it was... it, it kind of made you think it was going to be something that it wasn't, and once you're actually watching the movie, you're like, oh my god, this is something completely different. Like, yeah, it's and it was fun. And you mentioned like that whole comedy uh, aspect of it. And one movie that like I played around with adding to my list that I I left it off just because I think if it's more of a Christmas movie slash comedy, you know, like with you know, I guess you could say this is my honorable mention as well. It's a movie like Krampus where it's just like it's not going to be scary. Like I'm not scared by anything. Yeah, that's, that's the guy on. who directed Trick or Treat. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's a fun one. watch, you know, within the horror genre where it's just like it incorporates everything that you love, like the cinematography and this, that and another or whatever. But it's going to live like in its own world auxiliary to it where it's just it's just a good time to watch, you know. Yeah. So it's just like that's what I think of like when I think of Cabin in the Woods. It's like the crown jewel of like that auxiliary part of horror genre and i mean i mean it's it's no secret the movie takes those elements that were really popular in the 80s like the evil deads and things like that and it's just like well why don't we do a movie like that today like we don't really see movies like that today and i just so refreshing such a like tip of the hat to to like and it came out during that time period that you guys were talking about, like where like everything was like copycat, copycat of like, oh, we're just going to re- remake this Japanese horror movie. And it's going to be like, yeah, I want to say it came out the same year that the Evil Dead remake came out. And yeah, it's like, I think it did. It's, yeah. It, it yeah, also and, came out the same year that the movie Battleship starring Rihanna came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She should have won an Oscar for that, man. Yeah. And the, the I don't know if you guys remember the trailer for that movie, but there was a Kid Rock song in the trailer. <laughs> Which is the ball, right? Wait, I, I don't. I think oh, it was uh, yeah. American Badass. <laughs> I am American Bad. I just remember like Rihanna like rocking out in her battleship or whatever, and be like, oh, yeah, 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 dear God, this movie's gonna win so many Oscars. <laughs> oh, that that was all my honorable mentions, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> battleships. You know what though about Cabin in the Woods? I think this was actually the one of the last movies that I got to see in the old East Hills Mall. Same here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I same here. I saw it in there for like. Three dollars, whatever it costs. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Same thing. And I think yeah. that added to the the allure of the movie because that the theater hadn't been updated since it was in you know built like in like nineteen eighty eight or whatever, and like you know at this time this is like where we're starting to get leather seats and you know fucking you know food delivered to you like in theaters and whatnot. But it's just like that old East Hills Mall was just like it's just such a throwback, like those old like you know purple seats with like. The, the 80s print on it or whatever i'm pretty sure like their nacho cheese from like 1992 mm. like when jurassic park came out was still like ingrained yeah, in it or whatever yeah, yeah. and i think that just added to it it was kind of like watching like a grindhouse movie like yeah. back in the 70s and, or something and, and this and the movie ends with the nine janelle song which is always an a plus there you go yeah pull that off um okay so that was both of our our uh number seven number seven so do you want to do your number six well uh I guess you go next. I, okay. I said that All right. I'll, I'll go next. So I guess uh, my number six at this point is a movie called Butterfly Kisses. I don't know if you've ever seen Butterfly Kisses. Oh, I never. I never heard of it. So it's, dude, I think it would be like super up your alley. So okay. it, it's, I don't want to say it's, it, it is a mockumentary. It's basically taking the found footage genre and kind of turning it on its head with like, um, taking other directors and like they it's basically this movie about people that actually found this footage and people criticizing saying like no it's it's fake it's it's all the stuff and has a director from uh, the Blair Witch Project in it and he talks about how like 
it's too it's like this is so fake like there's no way that this is real um and i don't want to give anything away because the whole movie is like super well done but it basically just it's it's a mockumentary it's it's not real so if anyone's freaking out about it but uh it is just about (laughs) footage that someone someone's these two college kids create where they go to a train track and it's supposed to be like this very like americana like thing where like this like hometown urban legend kind of thing where like people say that if you stare down this this uh this train track like eventually like this like man will get closer every time you blink and i didn't even know this was a concept but apparently like whenever like you get close to someone your bat your eyelashes together that's a butterfly kiss i didn't know that that's what they was but they they elaborate that. yeah yeah i heard i heard that term yeah i had never even heard the term but they talk about that in the movie just in case you don't know what it is but anyways they they don't rely on any jump scares because it's a it's a documentary style movie, um, and it kind of remind. There's this movie called um, The Nightmare, which is about sleep paralysis, and it kind of reminded me about like it kind of reminded me of that. that movie where it was like that's a pretty terrifying movie because that's like a real life event, and it used a lot of those same things where it was like this whole other concept of like is this real footage? Is this not real footage? And there's people in the movie themselves saying like this is fucking fake. Like, there's no way that this is real. And it it does leave a lot of like uh like doors to be opened, not for a sequel, but just for your mind to like fuck around and be like, oh man, like I wonder if like you know just kind of like dwell on it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really lets that you like. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's it's not like some dumb like kind of movie that just spoon feeds you every answer and like and and just solves the the riddle for you at the end. It just kind of leaves things open ended and like. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I had to put it on my list just because it, it's such an enjoyable movie. And plus all the little like nerd tropes that they were putting all these directors from other found footage movies in there to like yeah. interview them and see what they thought of the movie was like really well done. So that's all right. I'll, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Check it out, man. Yeah. So my number six is uh girl walks home alone at night. Oh, local boy directed that. Yeah. Uh, local. Yeah. Local. Uh, she was, uh, raised in Bakersfield, and uh, she shot the movie and tapped. Uh-huh. But uh, it's such a like a very independent, you know, it's almost like a student film. Uh, it's entirely in, in uh, Armenian, um, and uh, it's a it's a vampire movie, like a vampire love story, but uh, it's not like Twilight. But it's very <laughs> dark and very independent, and I really loved it. It was very artsy. And uh, they made a graphic novel of it, and I have a graphic novel of it. But, uh, yeah, this girl that directed it is very talented. So that's my number six. Yeah, and the fact that it's like, is it all the way black and white? I don't know if the entire movie was black and white. Black and white, yeah. But it is one of those things that I talked about before we started recording that. It's like, I like it when the world building feels like that could only belong to that movie. And this yes. movie really feels like that. Like, it, it can only belong. Like, the world building, like, maybe because it feels a little bit local. Like you see a lot of the train tracks that we see. If you ever drive through Oildale or whatever, you just see oil fields and like nothingness. And they play up on that. Like they play that into horror movie, which you don't really see that in in horror movies. A lot of times, like the emptiness that is like the oil fields or whatever, or Bakersfield. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really well done. I agree with you. I didn't put it on my list, but it it is a really good movie. Is it time for my number five or all right this will be my number five then uh my number five is um i was gonna say Catherine zeta jones but it's not Catherine zeta jones in this movie uh it's a movie called underneath (laughs) the skin 
with uh who's the girl from black widow oh uh, uh scarlett, scarlett johansson. johansson yeah scarlett johansson scarlett johansson is in this movie it's it's a really weird movie it's it reminds me of of something that stanley kubrick would have done it's it's super trippy it's basically like this scarlett johansson plays like a, an alien that comes to earth to like kill men and like it's done in such a like crazy trippy way the soundtrack is like unsettling the whole time they constantly play these out of tune violins that just fucking make your skin crawl the whole time um dude i love that movie so much like there's a scene where they actually improvise it where yeah where she's going up really going up to men yeah trying to seduce them yeah dude i would have loved to be in that scene like she really goes (laughs) up to dudes like as she's driving she goes up to guys and she's just like Hey, would you like to get in my van? And the guys are like, oh, I'm like, some of them are like, I'm married, but like, sure, or whatever. Like, it's so fucking trippy that that's how they filmed yeah. it. We're like, with her going up to like random guys. And she, when yeah, she she's goes in the mall, like, hey, we're going to hook up. You want to get in my van? Yeah. Like, and they're like, us? um, huh? uh, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty funny. She goes to a random mall, and that's a real scene too. Like, she's just walking through the mall as herself. Like, yeah. You know, people are like, Nobody knows it's her, but she's just like, she's not wearing a disguise or anything. She's just like literally walking through the mall as she's doing it. And it is, it is a fucking like unsettling movie because it's, it, it, it plays on a, a lot of like the materialistic things that like humans like look at what beauty is or whatever. But like, that's a whole different thing. I mean, it starts getting a little psychological and things like, which I really appreciate because it lets you sit and like simmer on that for like days later after you've seen the movie. It's just like, oh, that was crazy. There's like a dude in there who has kind of some like body deformation thing going on. Yeah, I think it was like a elephantitis or something like that. Yeah, and like it just kind of like it just the fact that every, every scene feels unsettling. The music feels unsettling. There's like questions that are left unanswered. Like the opening scene, I'll spoil this. The beginning scene is just like a dead girl or like, you know, a, I guess like a former alien or whatever and she just takes her clothes and like you just see that former alien like dying but also crying at the same time and it's like huh what was that all about kind of thing like and that just goes down like this like weird it's so stanley kubrick where it's just like i'm not gonna give you these answers you gotta like fucking think about them yourselves kind of thing yeah but uh, really well done i fucking love that movie and i i do own that movie on blu-ray as well because it's just so beautiful like some i'm glad you shot- mentioned that movie because i forgot about it until you brought it up yeah yeah it's a really good one and scarlett johansson anything she's in i'm like watching it so Remember oh, that yeah. old uh, debate that we had about Scarlett Johansson? How I, was it you or Eric who did not think she was that attractive? Oh, that must have been Eric because yeah, there's I, no way I would have. Yeah, it must have been Eric because <laughs> Jesus Christ, anything ScarJo is in, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's, I need a couple that's minutes a, that's by a, myself. That's an Eric like, take, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, my number five is the remake of Suspiria. Oh, interesting. Because oh. I did not want to watch this movie just because the the original, same thing with the, the, the soundtrack made by Goblin, that band, like yeah. it is to me like an untouchable masterpiece that I've been scared well, Art, to watch. I'll compare it like this. It's like what Blade Runner 2049 did to the original Blade Runner. Wow. Bold it's statement. not the I same story. It's not the same story. It's it's not even a remake. It tells its own story. It just has the same uh, scenario, um, you know, a, a ballet that is run by a covet of witches. And uh, it is so intense. It has one of the most intense scenes. I remember watching with my roommate and he got up. He's like, I can't watch. This is this is too graphic. And uh, and the third act is just 
so intense. And yeah, I, I get it that the Mario Bava one, was it? No, it was Dario Argento mm-hmm. that he directed the original in 1977, but that's its own movie. This one could also be its own movie. I don't, I don't view it as so much as a remake, but like a new telling. And it was really good. I, you should watch it. It's on Amazon. And, and, and it's not like everything about it seems quality. Like the guy who did the soundtrack is Tom York from Radiohead. It's not like they got yeah. fucking the D- Chad Kroger from. They, they got a Pharrell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Pharrell it's like, like, no, yeah, like that's a big name. Like Tom York doing the soundtrack. That's adds yeah. a lot of credibility to your movie. Um, and yeah, it looked great. Like the trailer looked co- cool. That the poster of like the girl dancing or whatever, like looks really cool. And I, I, th- I think I'm going to watch it just cause I'm liking your list. I like what you're putting on here. So I think I'm just going to watch it you're now. Picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. I, I, I like what you're putting out there, man. So like, yeah, yeah. I think I might watch that just cause I, I'm starting to trust your list and starting to, yeah, it's, I loved it. Yeah. It's really good. It's okay. To watch. I'll watch it. It's, it looks pretty interesting. I thought about watching it in theaters at one point. I was like, I'm, I'm scared too. <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch in the theater, but it's not theater, theater. On, on your own time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should I do, is this number four? Remember, uh, number four on this? We're on number five. Number five. Uh, wait, that was your number five or now I do. That was my number one? five. Yeah. So oh, you're okay. on four then. Okay. So, you guys, okay. Yeah. Our songs, what you yeah. think? Gotcha. I, so I kind of spoiled this a little while ago that who my number four was, but it oh, get yeah. out. Yeah, uh, I won't spend too much time on Get Out, but I do remember watching this movie. And I went; it was an, I was on a date with this girl when I went to go see it. And I think we almost went to go see it just on a whim, like we didn't know it wasn't like we planned on it. We were just going to the movies to see what was out, and we were like, "Oh, that Get Out movie looks pretty cool. Let's mm-hmm. watch that." And I remember like, like not even like fucking like i'm not concerned with you at all right now i'm fucking watching <laughs> this, this movie. movie like this is fucking are you watching what i'm seeing here like i yeah. remember she had like this on that same date like she had gotten me like a pie or something and like i was just like it was a pumpkin pie because mm-hmm. i told her i was into pumpkin pies and i was just like oh that's so cool thank you so much man that movie was fucking amazing like after like the date was over i was just like <laughs> That movie was incredible. Like, yeah. like you started I, to get all paranoid. Did you put something in this pumpkin pie? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. this is fucking, this is intense. Like, I, I <laughs> like, I, I was just so like into the movie that I was just like, God damn. Like, every time I yeah. think of that movie, I think of like that, like that date scenario where I'm just like, dude, that movie, like, fucking killed it. Like, I didn't even care about anything else going on during that movie because there were so many little things in that movie that you could either Barry again Stanley Kubrick like you could either put meaning to it or not put meaning to it like the whole typewriter thing in um in the shining like people will, like dwell on that that it's a German yeah. typewriter and like Germans were doing all this like Nazi shit like during that time period or whatever like um but similar to that in in get out like when he's all tied up or not tied up but he's like mummified or whatever like he's just like stuck to that couch or whatever yeah paralyzed and, uh, yeah. he's paralyzed and he starts pulling that cotton out of the seat you know, some people were like, that's a symbolic gesture because black people in America have like used like picking cotton as like their gateway to like become free people in the United States when in reality they're not. And like people like made it into like this super deep thing, which I was like, wow, like I thought it was deep. Like there were so many things that I thought were like deep about it, but that's like a whole another layer. Like you're like really reading into these things that I didn't even think about it, which to me it just makes it better like it's it's one of those movies that's just going to age really well as 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 it 
gets older and older, like yeah, like The Shining, where people are like, yeah, Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing because like if you look at this scene, <laughs> yeah. well, like yeah, yeah like it yeah. just it's, we might see a documentary in ten years about Get Out, like the hidden yeah. message. Yeah. Even like the girl eating those Cheerios, like while she eats, like oh, and then she drinks the milk separate. Yeah, she drinks yeah. the separate, the milk separate from the Cheerios, which is like another like deep thing of like segregation, separated but equal kind of thing, like yeah. whatever. Like uh, so yeah. many deep things. Even like the uncomfortableness of like dad saying like like white people constantly trying to justify their like I am a liberal. I would have voted for Barack Obama a third time. Yeah, I vote, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that to me is like that is like one of the most genius lines well, because. That's happening now, like the way the politicalness uh, of, of, of our country right now is it's like that. You have all these Karens that are trying to, like, stand up for colored people, but they don't really understand the, you know, the flight of, of what they have to go through. Mm-hmm. But they try to act like and that's what the movie was showing. Like they try to act like, oh, you know, I, I understand. Like, no, you're doing more they're, harm they're... than good by what you're doing kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. when we did an episode about um, fuck, what is it Global called? Warming. No, uh I, I want to say culture vulturing, but um, uh, yeah, cultural pul- cultural appropriation. Appropriation. And I remember ending it on uh, a certain note where it's just like, hey, like I'm not too concerned with like what some like white liberal has to say about like, oh, you should you shouldn't wear hoop earrings because that's that's taking away from like African Americans. I was like, I'd rather yeah, you hear- shouldn't wear an echo sweater. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, yeah I want to hear have our own cultures. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear it from like those people, like what those people think. It's kind of like when, you know, like, I mean, it's, we laugh at it right now. Like, you know, when, you know, Pepsi, you know, starts, you know, getting rid of Aunt Jemima and uncle Ben or whatever. (laughs) And then like, you know, you see all these people like saying like, well, they better not touch Cholula and Tapatio because those are staples in a Mexican household. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I mean, if that's what Mexican people, if Mexican people are okay with Tapatio and Cholula, then yeah, that's fine. I don't need like some white person telling me they're like, no, we can't have that because that discriminates against Hispanics or whatever. And yeah. it's just like that's like where you know Get Out kind of falls in, where it's just like that white liberalism, where it's just like it's still kind of racism, racist because it's just like you're telling black people how they should feel or you're you're um, adopting their feelings, you know, kind of thing, like. I, and it, it, it did a great job of that. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it it was it was super deep without being annoying. And yeah, like preachy. That, that's a really like hard tiptoe to to like to to walk. And and I I I, I still like he's one of the guys that I, like Jordan Peele. He's Jordan Peele, right? Yes. Uh, I'm still yeah. super excited about like his future projects. Like he has that Candyman project coming out. He did the um, Twilight Zone, like he he did, he hosted the Twilight Zone. Like you could tell that his he knows the horror genre, like he knows what he's doing when he's doing these movies, and like kind of reminds me of like John Favreau, like what he does, yeah. like with movies. Where it's Super just like underrated. He, he saved Star Wars, by the way, and and uh, the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, he started of- the Marvel Universe and, and <laughs> got it on the right foot. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm also excited for what Jordan Peele's got next. So I'm going to go into my number four. Yeah, uh, go for it. My number four is It Follows. Yes, that's on yeah. my list as oh, well. That's also on my list. A little higher. I love the soundtrack. I love the acting in it. It's so simple. It's also like, a, a like if, if you notice on my list, I like movies that aren't hitting you on the nose. They're not jump scares. They're, they're, this one didn't, I don't even think it had a jump scare. It's just somebody just walking in a distance. Yeah. So when you go back and watch this movie, you're like, you're pick pointing like, that this thing is always following her and 
the longer it tries to get to you, the more it tries making itself look like people that you know. And that was the scary part for me. It's like, you know, the part where they're on the beach and then it looks exactly like their friend. Yeah. Like, uh, and only she could see it. And uh, just the premise alone, it was so original. And I loved it. Like, I love any kind of filmmaker that can make its own movie, you know? Yeah. And, and like, there's no Hollywood, like, meddling with it. It was just a straight up. It was pure. Like, throwback B-horror movie. And I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. I ha- I'll talk about it some more down the, down the line. But one thing I, I will agree with you on is that element of to tie it into the the uh, the Jordan Peele thing of like not being preachy. There is an element of like just fearing strangers and like doing that whole yeah. thing of like crossing the road whenever you see someone suspicious. Like oh, I better mm-hmm. walk on this side, kind of thing. Like we have that built into us already. Like there is no boogeyman. Like we're always like the biggest boogeyman, but. The fact that we already have that like innate thing built into us of like that person looks suspicious. I don't know what it is about it. Like if you listen to that podcast, uh, my favorite murderer, they always talk about like the fuck politeness thing or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. and like, it's true. Like yeah, we yeah, have yeah. that thing that just gives us the EVG. He's like, Oh, I shouldn't open the door for Jeffrey Dahmer. But like people did open the door for Jeffrey Dahmer kind of thing. Like, or whatever it may be like Ted Bundy is like, those like people Ted like, Bundy. Yeah. Like he yeah. would fake like an injury. Yeah. And- yeah have people kind of feel sorry for him when they meet him yeah yeah and it plays on that like when you see that old woman like coming at her like like that's not necessarily someone you would she feel like, a woman in distress she's like are you okay and then she doesn't say anything and it was it was very intense yeah, yeah. like most people like our our instinct would be like oh i could beat this old lady up kind of thing you know but the reality is like there is something unsettling about that, about just like this constant presence, even if it's like an old woman or whatever, or, like the girl that was like. And I also love that leg. they don't ever describe what it is. Yeah. I so love it. You don't know what it's capable of doing. So that's what made it more terrifying. You just mm-hmm. you just knew that you didn't want it near you. And, and she's constantly running. And uh, that's anxiety. why I love this movie. So. Yeah, it's like a constant anxiety attack yeah. <laughs> or a slow build up to one. Yeah. I liked it. Um, should I do my number three? Yeah. Okay. So my number three is I just saw this movie not even that long ago, just like a month or two ago. Uh, it's a movie called They Look Like People, and it is fucking good. And like I think I described it to Jacob a few episodes ago, where I was like, it's basically like if well, I'll just describe it because Ross is here. So like if like me and Ross, we hadn't really kept up in a long time, but like, let's just say I moved to New York and all of a sudden Ross is like, Hey, I'm in New York. I just moved here. And I'd be like, dude, let's hang out. It's, it's that element of like, yeah, this is a buddy that I've had for a long time. But if Ross was kind of dealing with like some like weird shit and he was saying like, Oh, I'm seeing like demons or something like that. Like where it's just like, Oh, that's either a psychological problem or like you're really seeing demons. And like, it plays with that element of like, how do you trust people like or how do you do you how do you diagnose like a mental illness? And we've talked about this before with like with like exorcisms and things like that. Like, is this person yeah. actually possessed by a demon or is it like they're convulsing because they have this... or like like that, like the Emily Rose uh, movie? Yeah. 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 And so it kind of plays on that element where we're seeing it. The movie is kind of viewed through the the friend that's going through like either a psychological problem or like a. Of like he's really seeing demons kind of thing yeah. like and you yeah. you never get clarity even at the end of the movie you never get that clarity of of was this guy actually like predicting the end of the world and his and 
and and even the friend like the friend character the 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 guy that's supposed to be the 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 voice of reason like you see why he makes these like mistakes and goes along with them like although the movie introduces him as like this like in like like calvin klein looking model guy you start to peel the onion a little bit on him and talk about like why he's in like he looks like a male model because he was so like his confidence was so shit and back in his hometown that he had to move to new york and get in great shape and like do all this stuff just to like feel like he can be adequate with like his peers that he works with now at like some law firm or whatever like and it's such a like real like it just gives off that real vibe where it's like damn that shit was like way deeper than i thought it was going to be plus there's this whole other element with the friend going insane kind of thing and like i just dug it i I dug it it doesn't rely on jump scares there's a few there's like one or two jump scares in the whole movie but it's it's mostly more of like a thinking piece that just like holy shit like that thing made me think about it to this day like i still think about that i'm like yeah there is a thin line where it's just like yeah i trust like even if it was like a sis my sister or my girlfriend or something like that and they started telling me that they saw like a shadow or whatever like a person like where does that line cross where it's like okay no we need to go to the doctor because that's not normal or yeah this house is haunted there's a demon here kind of thing it, it is i, a th- I gotta it watch is- this movie it sounds interesting yeah it is a, it is a weird line to to like walk so I, I really like that movie i'm gonna have to check that one out uh so my number three is uh it's an indonesian film called satan slaves and uh it's actually a remake of a movie of the same name in 1980 it was also also indonesian but it's more of a prequel like reboot kind of thing but this director did a phenomenal job it actually, it seems more like it would be a Conjuring movie. Mm. Like, it seems like a movie that James Wan would make. And the scares were so great. It had a great climax. And I've watched it so many times. I've recommended it so many times. I love this movie so much. It's Satan Slaves. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, so the movie's about... Uh, there's this mother. She has four children. And she ends up dying. And but she used to be a famous singer. So the dad goes to town to go collect her royalties. But there's something more sinister about their mother that they don't understand. That there's a ghost that's haunting them that makes itself look like their mother, but it's not. And it's actually trying to steal the youngest kid from the family. So the oldest daughter is it's up to her to figure out what's going on and try to save them while the dad's gone and it's so intense like i think both of you guys would love this one very much sounds good what was it called satan slaves mm. okay i'm gonna have to remember that because i yeah, do i don't I like i don't like the title of the movie like it doesn't do it like it sounds like a metallica album you know it sounds like a rob zombie movie yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and, and that's another dude i just wanted to touch upon like he did make those like extreme horror movies like what's that salem whatever uh, the, um uh yeah lords of salem or something yeah. like he, that he did a lot of those movies that were just like let's just see how much bullshit I can. like it it looks like the way his music sounds which I'm not going to knock him for. Like, that's his style. Well, I always say Rob Zombie, his movies are, are just two-hour-long music videos. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Rob Zombie's movies most of the time, but, like, when I when you get to The Lords of Salem and, I believe, uh, Three from Hell, I think that just recently came out last year or the year before, I wasn't enjoying him as much. You know, it kind of feels like he's 
like you just said, there were two hour music videos. That's why I like, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses or The Devil's Rejects. Like those, those are fun. Like they're fun. And he movies. wants to put his wife in every single movie as the main. Yeah, actress. that part. But I think he, like with these these other ones, like he's starting to like, all right, let me try to be like other directors now. And I was like, no, just be, do what you were good at. Like, you know, like I think I think and not to knock him, but I do think what he was good at was just, it felt a little too novelty. Like, it's like, what if Quentin Tarantino only did bank robbing movies? And it's just like, well, you I get it, Quentin. Here's another bank robbing movie kind of thing. And it's like, I'm glad Quentin Tarantino has kind of expanded his universe now. And like, you got to do that. But I do think when when he did that Halloween movie, to me, that was when he like, oh, man, you totally just jumped the shark so bad right now. Because it's like I had so many high hopes for it. But he's like, let's just make Michael Myers extreme Michael, like super shredder. And it was just like, yeah, it, it yeah. Just, yeah, you, super <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just can't do that. I, I just I just that's that's a whole different argument. But uh, that monster, sounds really monster energy drink, Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween sponsored by monster energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue chew, Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Use promo code zombie for 15 percent off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where it was. But like, yeah, I, I like I like that concept of that movie you were talking about. All right, number two. Uh, my number two is another um, Jordan Peele movie. It's the movie Us. I fucking oh, yeah. love this movie. Like I, I thought it was everything that Get Out was, uh-huh. and like he just took it one step more now with like being better at at the whole cinematography. I know I harp on that cinematography thing, but the elements of like that opening scene being in the '80s and like the Michael Jackson thriller and all the all the black flag things popping up and all the 11, 11 things popping up and all like that whole like mirror image thing that he kind of plays on the whole movie. And, and it leaves a lot of things like open-ended. Like there's a discussion of like, was the little boy uh, like one of the underground people the whole time was the like, yeah. Like how many, like it, it leaves so many things up for question uh, without spoiling it. But I just, I, I loved so many things about it to the point where it's just like, this movie is like it's rewatch value is so fucking high. Like I could watch it. It's up there to me, like one of those things that I just want to watch every fucking Halloween just because it's such a good movie. Um, it's up there to me with like The Shining as far as it's re rewatch value. Like I just I enjoy every minute of it. I enjoy the soundtrack. The I got five on it, like Valerina version of it. Like soundtracks are key to me in horror movies where it's just like yes you can yes. you can have a, a decent horror movie or a good horror movie but that soundtrack will t- like suspiria like i think suspiria is like the original suspiria i think it's just a, it's a pretty good horror movie like it's i would say it's a b plus horror movie that soundtrack made by goblin a plus yeah. just takes it over the top where it's like you you'll never forget this movie now and i feel yeah. like this is up there with that where it's just like that i got five on it thing where he he just plays on that like so many times where it's just like dude yeah, it's like just... a broken down version of it and it's just very like melodic and, and almost eerie like the remix of it and it it correlates to what the movie is like things aren't as it seems yeah and uh yeah i loved it a lot um yeah i i, I do like uh I, I would say us is probably one of my honorable mentions like i, I love everything that jordan pill has been putting out yeah, I'm excited because he's kind of looks like he's doing the same thing with the Destiny's Child song, the Say My Name, for the Candyman movie that's coming out. And <laughs> that's I can't, funny. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he does with that on the Candyman. That's That's a big thing too. Like with like going back to um, 
to get out um like there's like those little comedic you know moments because that is hard you know jordan pill like you said he was on mad tv you know he had that you know comedy show like after Chappelle show uh key and peel um where you think of him he's a comedic guy right but that's not his only lane but he infuses that in some of his movies like even like at the end of get out where he's like tsc motherfucker like yeah. those little things like that where it's just like sometimes you need a break from like the intensity of like what's going on like you just need like the, that comedic element which I do appreciate. I didn't really like us as much as I liked get out. Um, just cause I was like, okay, there was some, some stuff that I thought was a little corny or cheesy or just too overthought. But I mean, I do, I do appreciate like what he was doing with that movie. You know, it was, I mean, overall it's better than watching fucking, uh, the unholy, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it was better than that or the, the Lords of Salem or whatever. It was just, okay. I mean, it's a better, but it's just cause I had so much high hopes, you know, coming off of get out. So it's, in my opinion, is this as good as get out? No, but it's still a good movie. No, he's still got a, a very excellent track record. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I think I think it is a, a different movie. Like, I I do think that Get Out is a movie that is very much. I don't want to say like it has its place in like in in like the cultural like world we live in. Like, it definitely like I don't want to say like it's a movie for young people, but it it does have that element. Like, it had a Childish Gambino song in there, and it had like it's a very pop culture-ish movie which not not a knock at all it was still my number four movie on on this list like i really loved it this one to me was a little bit closer to like let's just kubrick this shit a little bit more and like this one's gonna be a little more like like the whole scene of them eating the bunnies like that shit wouldn't have flown in like in in get out it's a it seems more darker like he just wanted to go on a a darker tone but still kind of help kept a lot of those little elements like the dude the, the the dad character wearing the uh, what's the college that he's constantly wearing? Oh, like Howard. Or something. Yeah, he's wearing a Howard, uh, Howard one, and like the fact that that's a, a traditionally black college, like things like that. There's just so many like little touches. Like the scene that people always harp on is the mom snapping her fingers completely wrong to the "I got five on it." She's yeah, like not She's, nodding, off, beat, she's off beat on every element. Yeah, so, off rhythm, off beat. Yeah, yeah. she and, has no soul. And even the little kid is just kind of like puzzled by like. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't feel the music. I don't feel the beat. But the moms learned to act. Well, it's like what Jacob said earlier. Like Jacob was like, his movies bear re- rewatching. It's like watching another movie, and that's what I like about him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly like. I, I kind of want to rewatch, and then I, I have to buy that fucking soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> that soundtrack is amazing. These next, then my number one movie also and on vinyl because it's just like fuck, gotta have that shit. But sorry, Ross, go ahead. Is this your number one. Or... No, I'm going to do my number two. Oh, okay. Your number two. Uh, my number two is 2017 Stephen King's It. Mm, wow. And uh, for obvious reasons, I mean, I feel like it wasn't just a great horror movie. It's one of the best coming-of-age movies I've ever seen. kind of has, uh, like, the... The cast was great. The writing was great. The, the music was also really great. Like, I loved it. It it does um, feel like Stand by but, Me or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's that movie where the kids build a spaceship? Is it like the Explorers or something? It's an old movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, it, it reminded me of something like. Yeah, it reminded me of something like that. Like, well, somebody uh, described it as being like. Uh, he described it as being uh, the Goonies meets Freddy Krueger. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. Like, but it it was very good and like 
not just the comedy in it, but like the camaraderie, like you really do believe that they're all friends mm. and uh, just overcoming this, this, this creature, this beast. And it's, it's like, it really is a coming of age story because they're kids. Nobody's listening to them. They have to just join together. They don't know what they're facing, but they're going to face it together. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. And it was a really good movie too. Like I remember getting out of that movie and thinking like, wow, I can't wait for part two. You know, it was just like, it had like, like when you watch like Avengers Endgame, you're like, holy shit. Like I need to go back and watch all the old, like, you know, Marvel movies before, you know, uh, you know, you know, the next uh, Avengers movie comes out and it, it like had the same like feel to it too. Or it's just like, holy shit, I need to go back and watch the original just to, you know, compare it or whatever. And it blows that out of the water, like it makes the original look like dog shit. And then, I mean, you, you get so hyped for the second one. And the second one didn't really live up, you know, to the... You know, I, I feel like the same thing. Like, I, I feel like the second one got an unfair, like, part of it because it is just one book. Yeah. So I would like to view both films as one film. But specifically, I did go with the first one because, uh, you know, the, the linear storytelling of it was was what kept you in it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but it's really unfair for part two, but... I get what you're saying. Yeah. But per- part one was fucking perfect, I, I would say. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It it, it kind of, again, reminded me of those like, 80s kind of campy movies, but it is a really enjoyable movie. I feel like that is like a perfect going to the movies and eating popcorn kind of movies. Oh, so now we're getting into the nitty gritty, huh? Is this your number one art? This is my number one. My number one, you already said it on your list. Uh, it Follows is my number one. Like, I really? fucking wow. yeah, I fucking love it follows. Like the soundtrack, I think uh Disaster Piece does the soundtrack for this one. It's it's fucking um who's the guy who did uh the screen movies? Um Wes Craven? Wes Craven. The Wes Craven. Like it reminds me of like those old school soundtracks like the Halloween soundtrack or even Blade Runner like just having those like really intense oh, the synths. Yeah, the synths yeah. like yeah. Um, I, I love that element. I love the shots, the big wide shots of somebody in the background, but they could be the they could be the it follows uh, creature or it could just be a person walking by. So many elements of that movie are just like so well executed. I hope I heard that there's rumors of them making a sequel to it. I'm scared as hell that they're gonna like fuck it up and like watch it, yeah. Yeah, Hollywood, they're just Hollywood it, yeah. Hollywood it up yeah. and like, oh, all you got to do is read this passage backwards and it'll make the demon go. <laughs> and it's like, oh, go eat a bag of dicks, man. Like, <laughs> like, I love the fact that it's so open ended. I remember I went to go see it in theaters and I was just like, I was just like fucking jazzed after I saw it. I was like, dude, this the opening was- scene, like when you said about the white shots, like the opening scene really told you what kind of movie you're going to watch. And yeah. that's what that's what got me like. And I love that it doesn't show you anything, but you see the fear and the mm. franticness of the of the girl in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Where she calls her dad that's, and everything. That's just one shot all the way through her neighborhood back to her front yard. Yeah, around, yeah. The, the song that's playing on there is called Heels because she's running in her high heels. Um, and then as she's running through one of them, her neighbor is just like, uh, is everything okay? And you're kind of you're kind of thrown into this shot because you're kind of like, what is going on here? Like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if we're going to. And then her dad walks out. So you don't know if that's the pair, uh, what she's running away from. Um, it, it, it just it, it doesn't just spoon feed you like the answers to things. And I really enjoy that. That's what I loved about it. Like it never explains what it is. Yeah. 
and it doesn't explain what it's capable of doing. Nothing. It just get away from it. And all the shots of like Detroit, like when they talk about like, oh, we don't go to that part of Detroit. Like that's past eight miles, so we don't go to that part. And then they eventually go to that pool that's just like abandoned. It's like in the hood, and it's just like, damn, that actually like makes me think like that's probably what it really must be like there. Like it just felt so real, but at the same time, it felt like that eighties campy, like, yeah, like just, I just enjoyed everything. I enjoyed every shot. The music was great. Those wide shots that they kept going with over and over at the movie theater. Like I just, I loved it. Like I, I just, I, I can't praise it enough. I just think it's, it's probably, it's definitely my number one movie of the last 10 years. And wasn't it oh, like supposed it. to be a, um, like a play like on STDs or something like that or well I mean I, I heard something like that. Yeah I mean it yeah, is somebody called like, it an ST demon. Like I love yeah that. there you go yeah the semen demon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah I mean like it it does play on those things. Like it is it does play on like those fears of like catching an STD. It plays on our fears of strangers. It plays on our fears of like of yeah I mean those are like I mean when you're young that's probably the two biggest things. It's like you're uncomfortable with your own body and you're like, you're th- thrown into like this thing where like everyone's saying they're having sex when they're really probably not. And like, and like, that's, that's what the movie kind of throws you into. And like, it's cool. I really love it. Like I, I want to watch it right now, actually. Nice. I have uh, it right there so, behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I'll get into my number one. Uh, I was surprised you didn't have this on your list at all. Actually. Uh, Hereditary. Oh, that's it. That's an interesting way to end the podcast, actually, because this is probably the most controversial one that we're going to. Yeah, go ahead. Really? <laughs> so, like, when I watched it the first time was with my brother and my brother, like, he recommends the shittiest movie. He's like, did you watch the new American Pie dorm day? Like, he's one of those <laughs> kind of guys. When we watched it after it was over, he's like, oh, that movie sucked. And I'm like, why did it suck? And like. And then I showed it to my roommate and he's like, I loved it. And it's, it's very like divided what people think about it. But to me, cause they were like unfairly like comparing it to like the exorcist, like the scariest movie since the exorcist. I don't believe so, but what I do compare it to the exorcist that is a good comparison is the drama of this film. I think the drama and the family dynamic is what drove the film for me. I was more interested in everything that was going on as opposed to the horror elements. But once the horror element starts kicking, it kind of made it pay off a lot more. So for me, it was one of those horror movies. Like when you first said make a list, that's the first movie that popped in my head, to be honest. Like right away, like every everything else, I had to kind of like dissect it and see where I was going to place it. But for sure, Hereditary kept popping in my mind. So I had no choice but to put it as my so really quick there's a few things i do want to say before i like talk about how i feel about hereditary but i do think a24 movies do a really bad job at promoting their movies yeah they market it as like scary movies like the scariest thing it like yeah yeah they said the same thing about the witch too and i remember watching the witch and i was like fuck i could get some good sleep for these two hours i mean the last scene was really good yeah. But everything else was like, oh, wow, this the, is boring. The movie, it comes at dark. I remember um, I went to go see it with a friend of the show, Janelle. Janelle's usually in our Insta or whatever. In I'm our sure. DMs. Yeah, <laughs> in her DMs. But <laughs> yeah, um, DM. 
but uh we went to go see that movie and as we were leaving that movie i was just like what the hell was that like we were just like that that was not good at all that was not a good movie like, like the witch or hereditary no, uh not hereditary um it comes at night it comes at night and it's just like it got promoted as like this horror zombie movie where like you can only travel during the day because at nighttime the zombies rule the oh, night kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you watch yeah, it. Yeah, but it ended up being more of like a like a like a like a mental piece. Like it's about like mental health essentially. Yeah. Is what the movie was about. And, yeah. And so I I watched it in theaters and I was like that sucked. Like that was not good. <laughs> and then I I saw it again like, um like this last Halloween, I was just like looking through movies and I was like, Oh, let's give this a shot again. And like, it's not that scary. So like my girlfriend might be down to watch it. So like we watched it and I was like, I liked it more. Cause I liked that. It was a more thoughtful piece and it played on like that, the teenage boy in the, sh- in the movies hormones. And like, it's a real thing. Like if you're that claustrophobic and you got to account for the fucking teenager being a horny teenager kind of thing. And like, just different thing. I, I liked it a little more. I, I I wouldn't say I loved it now, but I did enjoy it the, the second time, like enough for me not to be like that sucked. Like I don't think it yeah, sucks. Yeah, so that's the way I felt about Hereditary. Like I watched it probably about three or four times afterwards, and enough to where I'm like, yeah, this is great. It had a great payoff. It was shocking. I mean, you can't deny that the movie was shocking. Um, but I think like what you said, like the way the movie was marketed, like. They were trying to market like it was going to be just a terrifying movie, but it's not trying to scare you. It's just trying to build up intensity. Yeah. And it's trying to shock you, but put you. So what made it terrifying was it puts you in a very negative mood because this family is not happy. Like the movie starts off where, you know, the mother loses her mother. So already the family like is quiet. It's very dark. It's grim they're experiencing loss. And then as the movie like continues, they're all getting frustrated and they're arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. And Tony Collette, like just did a great job. And uh, I feel like she should have got an Oscar for the movie. She's such a great actress. Um, but I, that's why that movie stands out with me. Like I just, I, I consider it one of the great horror movies of all time, not just a decade. I really loved it a lot. That's why I was shocked that you didn't have it on your list at all. But yeah, I mean, it. it is a, it is a, I'm, I may need to rewatch it. I've only seen it once. Um, mm. and I just remember thinking, like, and it was marketed during that same time period. I was like, The Conjuring, all this thing, like, it kind of made it look like it was going to be like another Conjuring type movie. Yeah. And yeah. it definitely is not that. Uh, it is more of a thoughtful piece of like, the grieving mother going through like a breakdown of not only the loss of her mother, but then the loss of her daughter. Spoiler alert. Like that was an intense scene. Like, I mean, and I feel like they chose that child just for that scene because she has a very unlikable face. And then like, (laughs) I I hate to say it that way, but it's like true. Like, and it creates like that to me, it creates that inner, like, um, conflict where it's just like oh my god yeah she's dead now the way she died uh, yeah. fucking pretty brutal kind of glad that happened then you're like oh wow should i be feeling that way kind of thing so i think it that was pretty good i mean because that was yeah. a brutal scene but like it creates like that inner conflict you know that i just explained uh, but overall like i just wasn't feeling that movie i mean there's parts of it like i mentioned the same studio that did the witch 
like there's some really good scenes in the witch but just like overall like as a whole like ingesting this movie mm-hmm. like i'm like I'm not feeling it like the witch is a movie i refuse to rewatch because i was like no i i get it but no nah, that one i'm good on because i yeah but uh i i, I will give it a rewatch just because i i I don't know. You're praising it pretty high, and I did kind of change my my tune a little bit on uh on it comes at night. Like I kind of softened up a little bit. I do think that A24 needs to like redo their marketing things. They I also don't think it's them that's doing it. I think it's just whatever distributors that they go out and and say, hey, we're gonna push this movie. That true. they're pretty ones that call. They're pretty much the ones that call the shots. Like let's sell it as like the greatest like. They have five people watching it in a screener, and then one guy goes, "Oh, that movie was scary," and then they put it as a subtext, like yeah. scariest movie movie since The Exorcist, like <laughs> by Chad. That's not yeah. the movie it is. Yeah, yeah. Chad Kroger said it. It's scared <laughs> yeah. of the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chad Kroger says that he's willing to make an original soundtrack. For this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, do you remember? I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie Good Times, starring um. Robert yeah, Pattinson. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, like, dude, he that movie is amazing. Like, that movie is like one of my favorite movies of all. That's time. what made me like him more to be the new Batman. Yeah, I, 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 I dude, I, once I saw that movie, I was like, oh, he can play Batman. Like, that guy plays like the most. But if you watch the trailer, the trailer makes it sound like it's gonna be some like almost like buddy cop movie kind of thing, <laughs> where it's like, oh, it's gonna suck. And it's the dude from Twilight. Like, but yeah. the movie is incredible, and like. I, I just if you haven't seen Good Times, like I think it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix right now. It really is. Uh, Jacob, yeah. If you haven't watched it, give it a go. Give it a go. It is. It is definitely worth the watch because and he fucking carries that movie like single handedly. Mm-hmm. He is the main actor, but he so he should do that. But but yeah. I that's a whole thing with a twenty four movies the way they get marketed. But um, yeah. I mean, I just it is it does seem like a very thoughtful kind of movie, and I like thoughtful movies that don't try to like be deep without actually having a deep purpose which like i like those like jordan peele movies that are, i think he he has a thoughtful message but he's not trying to like be preachy and like like you have to connect the dots so deep well, i mean the fact that we both had a jordan peele movie in our top 10 shows you what kind of career he's having like i'm yeah. looking forward to see Candyman very much oh yeah and the fact that you said that like say my name by destiny's child is gonna be like yeah. that yeah it's that, like it, it brings in like that comedic element that i was talking about that i i quite enjoy about like horror movies like there's got to be some like comedic relief in it which i think that's just a brilliant fucking choice of a song you know to, to say my name and like that's the whole premise of Candyman. Just yeah to say yeah. my name i mean that movie in general like you know in that i got five on it song there's a line where it says creep on it yeah so like if you listen to the soundtrack they the the other songs still use that like that line <laughs> they creep on it like they but they do it like in this like oh kind of thing i yeah, i think it's thing, yeah yeah i think it's just like it's funny that that there's like these like orchestras and then have like an entire like choir the, the mormon choir coming out and the saying, mormon tabernacle choir coming out and yeah. saying creep on it and yeah. it's just like that's what you hear constantly throughout the movie and it's like and then obviously once you hear the the i got five on it orchestra version at the end yeah and then you still have the main guy going creep on it and it's like oh i get it like yeah. you've been playing with us this whole time but anyways i'll check out that movie um one yeah. movie you guys didn't say that was on my list one of my six movies that made it onto my list was don't breathe um it'd probably be like number six if i was gonna put you know place yeah. it anywhere on there that's there with green room to me with like it has that vibe isn't that the same director 
as Green Room? No, no. Uh, Don't Breathe is the guy who, Fede Alvarez, who did the Evil Dead remake. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, I I thought about using that movie, but, like, uh, it, it is really good, but, like, uh, that turkey baster scene, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was beautiful. That's the only, I can't get that out of my head, so that's why I didn't put it on my list. That was funny as fuck. And dude. if you I, watch the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I thought that that's what it was just like, oh, wow. Like when I was talking about comedy, like it was just like, oh, okay. Like I need this right now because you place yourself in the main. I get, would you call the old guy the main character? He's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. You put, you place yourself in, in his position or whatever. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I get that. You know, on the surface, it was me, really good in that movie though. Like I remember when that movie came out, Twitter was trying to petition him to play Cable and Deadpool. He would have been because uh, he did really good in Don't Breathe. I liked him because yeah. he was also I think he was also in Avatar. Yeah, but uh, he did a great I never job. Seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Man. Yeah, yeah, very so. terrifying. I never seen Avatar, but I'm sure he was good in Avatar. He's very unlikable in Avatar. You're probably but... the only person that never seen Avatar because it recently topped the highest grossing movie of all you time. You know, you know what's funny? Me and my girlfriend always talk about how we've never seen Avatar. And like we're always like, should we sit down and watch Avatar? I feel like everyone's seen Avatar, but then at the same time, I'm like, nah, it doesn't look good. I don't know why people are watching this shit. I don't like it. Yeah, I. It's not that great. I'll be honest, it's not that great. I won't watch it. You're better off watching Transformers Seven or whatever. I would say more than yeah. Me. Any what? of the Transformers with Mark Wahlberg is probably more entertaining than Avatar. Yeah. Say wow. the John Cena one. It, it got its own land at Disney World. Like, what the hell? How does that happen? John Cena has his own land at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that what does. you said, or what did you say? You just can't. Oh, see Avatar. It. Avatar has its own. I thought you meant John Cena. I was like, well, good for him. What is that going to be about? Yeah. <laughs> you just—it's like literally like a tour of his body. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> You it's just the, walked around him. This is John Cena. It's the you old Splash Mountain, but you come out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. That's so you guys got, <laughs> speaking of ass, do you guys have anything else? No. I mean, I think we touched on it a bunch of times and not to like kiss Jordan Peele's ass too much, but like I'm super excited for the Candyman movie. I I'm think a, that's the conclusion of our list is that Jordan Peele is... We're pretty much promoting Jordan Bill right now. Everybody check out for Jordan Bill. Yeah. Young up and coming director Jordan. He's like 50 but, years old. Yeah, but like it's already established, yeah. And if you haven't seen the original Candyman, I just recently rewatched it and not that bad. It's I loved it and like it just it was really raw like and like now that I know the layout of Chicago and the way it's like set up and like actually like no, like, oh, Southern Chicago is like a fucking war zone. And like mm-hmm. the movie takes place in Southern Chicago mm-hmm. where it's like super hood as hell. Like it kind of like it's like, oh, this is going to hold up really well with this like like 2021 or 2022 whenever it comes out. It's going to be a really well like like well worth the wait, I guess, because because it's aged so well, I guess. <laughs> I got my babies like trying to beat down the like door. punching the wall. <laughs> <laughs> So with that said, I think it's probably a good uh, spot to cut the episode at. So with that said, Art, uh, Art uh, Ross, thank you for coming on to thank the you for show. Me. It's great. Uh, we definitely got to collaborate more. Uh, we definitely got to get you started on your own podcast before the end I'm, I'm, of the year. That's my goal by the end of the year. Yeah, call it Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Yeah, <laughs> Roscoe's <laughs> Chicken and Waffles, <laughs> the John Cena experience. Yeah. <laughs> 
John yeah. Cena land. <laughs> yeah, John, John, come see me. I'm going to be live at John Cena land at Disney World. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> From May 14th to the 15th. Uh, but thank yeah. you for coming on once again. We'll have to do more of these episodes with you. Um, Art, you got anything else, my guy? Uh, t- nothing. Just tell your mommy, boo, too. Check out Candyman. Check out all of Jordan Peele's movies. Check out every movie on this list. I got to rewatch Hereditary. I'm really, I'm, I really want to watch uh, the new Suspiria just because it's just like, it looks super interesting. While you guys were talking about, or Ross, when you were talking about it, I was bringing Yeah, some- it's on Amazon. Yeah, so yeah, and I, I was looking on where to stream it at because that's like the, the next thing I was. So I'm probably going to check that out tonight. So shout out to you for that, for giving me something to watch tonight. So um, speaking of uh, things to watch, make sure if you're just listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, head on over to YouTube where you can check out the video podcast where you see all three of our handsome ass faces, um, as well as going to all the social medias um, at Art and Jacob Do America. Except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Uh, go to the Patreon. We had yet another fire ass Patreon episode only um, over at patreon.com slash Art Jacob Do America, where for $1 a month, you can get four bonus episodes every single week, that which equals about 25 cents you know, per episode. I think that's a fucking bargain when you think about it. That's like, a steal. When you, when you think steal. about that's the quality steal. of shows we were putting out on the that's Patreon, high quality shit, man. Yes, you can't even you can't even get a piece of gum out of the bubble gum machine when you get email for that amount. So. Not even at King Leo. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Hey, coming back, coming back. We got to make it a trip. Yes, we got to go got. see a Bears game there. Hey, we got to go hey. see a Bears. Hey, you guys hey, gotta hey, hey a Justin Fields, man. You got to do a King Leo's themed episode. Hell but, yeah. I'm gonna when I do if I ever go see a, a game there I am gonna be the like annoying uh, like Bears <laughs> fan that's gonna be like, hey, Justin Fields bro Ooh, I'm gonna be that guy just for one night just for one night if I go like, see it there yeah, yeah. other than that I'll never be that guy <laughs> uh, so with that said everybody make sure you, if you want some of our merch I'm gonna put up a new uh, design by the great and powerful Nicole Smith botch up on the T public uh, you know hopefully by the end of the day. Um, where you can, if you want to get any badass merch from us, you know, head over to tpublic.com. You get a shirt, you can get yourself uh, uh, some stickers, you can get yourself a phone cover case if you want. Uh, but also, too, we are also members of the Podbelly Network, where if you like our podcast, you probably uh, enjoy some other great podcasts over there, such as the World Famous Sofa King podcast, uh, Nerds on Topic, uh, and the RRBG podcast. And uh, make sure you check out our homie Jesus and his podcast. He had a, a great episode about Patty Hearst, the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. I thought that was a really good episode that they did. Uh, you can tell they're starting to come into their own with that. So shout out to him and Jordan. Uh, it's called Words Are Hard. So think of Toys R Us. Uh, when you think of when you go into the spell it. So it's Words, the letter R, hard podcast. So check him out. Uh, but other than that, you guys got anything else before I cut this episode? Shout out to Ross. Shout out to uh, Justin Fields. We kind of geeked out about Justin Fields the day the draft happened. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got. So with that said, everybody, have a good night.
and who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.